Hello and welcome to the Future Father Dave podcast. Join me, a Catholic seminarian, each week as I share the story of my vocation and prepare to embark upon the journey of a lifetime as a Catholic priest. So welcome back, everybody, for episode seven. It has been five weeks since I started hiking on the Appalachian Trail, and I am really excited for this week's episode to share with you my journey on trail. And this week I crossed into the great state of Massachusetts, and I was kind of inspired by a conversation I had earlier this week with a friend of mine, Quincy Briette, Uh, Shout out to Quincy, one of my loyal followers from Rock Hill, South Carolina. And, uh, you know, we were talking and he suggested that, or he, he, he pointed out, I should say, that I hadn't really talked and shared with him a whole lot about the different people that I met. He was really intrigued by some of the different people that I met and wanted to learn more about their stories and and why they're hiking the trail and things like that. And so I decided to do a bunch of little short segments this week about all of the different people that I've met. Hikers, to day hikers, to section hikers, to people that are just out here for the weekend. And I met some really interesting people this week. And I huge shout out to, th- to Quincy for you know spurring this idea and helping me to kind of crystallize it into what it was, and I really hope that you guys enjoy learning about all the different people that I've met, because I've, there's just such a huge variety of different people out here from different walks of life, different backgrounds, and they all have different motivations and reasons that they're hiking the trail. And that's part of what makes the trail so neat and so interesting and such a life-giving experience is just the, the wide variety of people that you meet and, um, Yeah, it would be so much more boring if all through hikers were the same and we all started in Georgia and we all just went north because then we'd all just be doing the exact same thing. So it makes it so much more fun when people bounce around and get off trail and get on trail at certain places and get off it. It's it's so cool. And there's just such a great community about the AT and can't wait to share that with you guys this week. So... I'll go ahead and start this episode with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for community and especially the community that I've been able to create on trail. I pray that some of these relationships and conversations that I've had with various people will uh, leave an impact and um, encourage them to pursue their faith journey uh, in whatever way that, uh, that may unfold. I pray for all those out there, whether they're listeners of mine or just in general um, other people uh, who they may encounter or meet, that they may be able to find authentic community, specifically Christian community, to encourage them and uplift them because I know that that makes a huge difference in our lives. We're made for community, Lord. And I just pray for all those listening to this podcast that they may be able to find community that is life-giving and supportive for them to be able to pursue um, not only their dreams and goals in life, but also their spiritual journey as well. So in Jesus' name I pray, amen.
name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, uh, with that, I will jump right into the Rosebud Thorn segment for this week. So, my rose has actually been... I'm actually recording this on Saturday night, and gosh, today has been just such an amazing day. I've had so many highlights from today, but I would say the rose for the week, the one that takes the cake, was being here tonight at the Tom... Hold on, let me find the name of it here. I'm at the... Tom Leonard Shelter, and my friend Jacqueline, uh, who I've mentioned in previous episodes, she came and met me here at the Tom Leonard Shelter to camp with me tonight, and she brought ice cream and drinks and pizza, and it was, it's amazing. And there's, like, a ton of people at the shelter, and so it was really awesome to have her show up with food for, enough food for everybody, really. And we even had some pizza left over, which was wonderful. And it's just been, it's just been a great night. We've had conver- great conversations and people of all different backgrounds. There's some day hikers out here. There's some weekend hikers out here. There's some through hikers. There's some section hikers. And we're just all having a blast. There's probably 15 people down there, maybe more, at this shelter, which is actually the most I've had at a shelter uh, since I've started. But it's been... It's been absolutely wonderful, and just to have all of that that food at a shelter was just incredible. And there's a view at this shelter, too, which just icing on the cake. So, yeah, so that was the rose for this week, and my thorn was... There were two different instances this week in which I didn't act on my instincts, and I did opted not to talk to certain people and because I opted not to engage in conversation and reach out to people and just continue on my way I missed out on some pretty incredible opportunities in both cases um and so I'm kind of kicking myself for that and so that was my thorn for the week and then my bud is I'm looking forward to visiting with some family next week so as I mentioned last week uh I will be getting off trail for Memorial Day weekend with my friend Jacqueline. And then on Wednesday of next week, she will be dropping in Williamstown, Virginia, or excuse me, Williamstown, Massachusetts, where I have family on my dad's side and I'll get to visit with them. And uh, then I'll get started hiking again next Thursday. So really looking forward to that and um, uh, getting to include them and, have them be part of my journey. So really excited for that. And uh, also all of this uh, fun I'm going to have this weekend being off trail with Jacqueline and her family. So looking forward to that as well. So on to the next segment. So as I mentioned in the opening segment there, um, I really wanted to dedicate this week's episode to kind of showcasing the different variety of people that I have met out on trail this week. And so just this week alone, I have met such an incredible variety of people from day hikers to section hikers to people that are just out for a weekend or a full week or people that are through hiking like me. 
or people that are just doing a really long section and going doing an entire state. I've met several people that are just doing, you know, one state or um, something like that. And so there's all kinds of different people who have all kinds of different motivations for getting out and enjoying the Appalachian Trail. And as I said before, that's part of what makes the trail so special. So Monday, I started from, I did a total of 80 miles this week from Pauling to Great Barrington, Massachusetts. Pauling, New York to Great Barrington, Massachusetts. So I did a, the last little sliver of New York and then I did all of the trail in Connecticut and a little sliver at the beginning of Massachusetts. So that was my week this week. I did 10 miles on Monday to the 10 mile river shelter and I camped right next to the 10 mile river, which was amazing. It was a great campsite. You could hear the river rushing by and oh, what a, what a wonderful campsite. You'll be, you'll be hard pressed to find a better campsite. And we got in, it was only 10 miles, so we got in super early. We actually had a chance to go to Daily Mass in Pauling, me and Pete, so that was a lot of, that was great. And it was actually the first time Pete and I had gone to Mass together, which was super special to go to Daily Mass with him. And the couple that hosted us on Sunday night, Mary Lou and um, Ryan, were just amazing. They were so hospitable. And they actually took us to Daily Mass and went with us and then dropped us back at the trail. So huge thank you to them for hosting us on Saturday night. And it was it was really wonderful, uh, their hospitality. So they dropped us off about 10 o'clock. We did 10 miles. We got in early afternoon. And I actually took my camp chair, waded out into the river, found a rock in the middle of this roaring river, and set up my camp chair, and I actually sat there in the sun and read a book all afternoon, and it was wonderful. It was a great, great way to spend the afternoon. So that was definitely the highlight on Monday. And on Monday is when I met these three girls who were out for the week, college-age girls, and then um, I also met Twister and Cats, who were uh, an older couple, they're not together, but Twister and her friend Katz. Um, Twister is doing a lash, which is a long section hike. And her goal is to make it all the way to Mount Katahdin. And then Katz was just out for the week uh, with her just for a few days. And uh, so those were the people I met Monday. And I will go into more detail about them in later segments. So then on Tuesday, I went from 16 miles from Stuart Hollow to from the 10 mile river shelter to the Stuart hollow brook shelter and that is when i crossed the state line into connecticut from new york and so that was cool to have another state down and cross into connecticut and i went through kent connecticut and over the saint john's ledges uh portion of the trail and that's where i ran into the crew from raleigh for the first time i ran into them actually several times in several different places. Uh, so that was, they were a really interesting crew. They were just out for the week. Uh, there was maybe eight or 10 of them and they were super friendly. It was nice to run into some Southern, some fellow Southerners out here in Massachusetts or uh, in Connecticut, excuse me, in New England anyway. And entering into Connecticut was the gateway to New England. So that was pretty cool. There was a big old sign that said, welcome to New England. So that was pretty neat. And then on Wednesday, I came from Stuart Hollow Brook Shelter to the Sharon Mountain Shelter. That was about a 15-mile day. Uh, 
and, well, no, it was a 13-mile day, excuse me. It was supposed to be a 15-mile day, and then I didn't quite make it to where I wanted to. So it was 13 miles to Sharon Mountain Shelter, and didn't really meet anybody on Wednesday. And then Thursday was probably the most interesting encounter of the week, because I it was about five miles down into Great Falls, or Falls Village, uh, the, the nearest town, and they had a breakfast spot. So I was with Pete, and Pete and I went, wanted to have breakfast, so we, we got up early and hiked those five miles uh, pretty quickly because we were very motivated by eggs and bacon and pancakes. And so we get to this restaurant, and there's another hiker that comes in behind us, and it turns out he's from Beaufort, South Carolina. And his dad had been stationed at Paris Island, so he grew up in a military family in Beaufort. It's just like, you can't make this stuff up. It was amazing. And he also turned out to be Catholic. His name is Ernest Anderson, and he has a really neat story, too. So um, that was definitely one of the cooler encounters that I had. Um, and then on Thursday evening, I stayed at a hostel with him in uh, Salisbury, Connecticut. So that was about a 15-mile day. Friday, I did another 14 miles to the Hemlocks Shelter. in, um, And coming from Salisbury, I went over Bear Mountain and down, crossed over the Massachusetts line and camped at the Hemlock Shelter. So I'm now... I was then in Massachusetts on Friday, and then today, Saturday, I did 14 miles from the Hemlock Shelter to the Tom Leonard Shelter. And then tomorrow, I will be getting off trail for a few days to go visit with Jacqueline. So that is the quick summary of my week, and I have met lots of interesting people this week, and I can't wait to share their stories in the next segment. So without further ado, I will start with... Pete. So today I am on the podcast. I am joined by Pete Bubak. Did I say it right? Bubak. Bubak. And uh, his trail name is JP, which stands for Just Pete. So uh, welcome to the podcast and thanks for, ha- thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Pleasure being here. Yeah. So um, this week I really wanted to highlight some of the different people that I have met on trail and uh, just have a bunch of little quick five-minute conversations with a variety of different folks to give y'all kind of an idea of the different types of people that I've been meeting out on trail. And Pete is one of the people that I have actually spent the most time with since I've been out here uh, just because we happen to be hiking about the same pace, uh, bouncing back and forth around and near each other. Uh, but then in addition to that, we're also both Catholic. So we've been trying to help each other coordinate getting to church and things of that nature as well. So we, we certainly have a lot in common on that front. So I'll let Pete uh, introduce himself and uh, share a little bit about why he is, uh, decided to do the trail. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Um... As he said, my name is Pete Bubak. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm uh, newly re- retired. I'm a 60-year-old gentleman. Um, I've been thinking about doing the trail for probably 10 years or so. Um, I'm in a stage in my life where I'm trying to decide what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Um, 
probably need to work a little bit here and there, but I would certainly like to do something to, to give back to the community. And uh, kind of just out here trying to figure that out. That's awesome. Yeah, that's um, certainly one of the big themes amongst people that hike the trail is discernment. They're at some sort of crossroads in their life, whether it's somebody my age, you know, trying to figure out the start of their career or somebody, you know, your age who's newly retired trying to figure out what's next in their retirement. And so that's a very common uh, reason for for hiking the trail, for sure. And uh, so the two of us met uh, after my first week on trail um, at a very nice shelter called the 501 Shelter. And Pete had already been there, but I actually hiked in the rain that day. He took an off day that day and was at this shelter. Um, and so his first impression of me was actually me coming in drenched <laughs> from 12 miles in the rain, uh, which was pretty funny, but he's put up with me for this. So, and it's been, it's been really great getting to know you, Pete, and um, hearing about um, some of your background in St. Louis and also, your your son was in seminary, correct? My, my middle son uh, was in seminary about a year and a half uh, before he decided to, to leave. Uh, he is now married and has two beautiful little girls, and um, he's a great father and husband. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so definitely, um, like I said, he's Pete is very Catholic, and uh, it's been... It's been really great to have another Catholic to be able to hike with and, and to, to do the trail with, so. All right, well, that's, uh, is there anything else you wanna add or, or um, mention on the podcast before I sign off here? And... Well, I'll just say I remember very distinctly the first time I saw Dave. <laughs> it was at the 501 shelter, which is uh, not really a, sh- it's, it's a cabin more, more than a shelter. And, uh, yeah, this is one of the fancy, nice shelters. Was, yeah, and, and I was holed up in there all day because it was raining all day. And probably about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Dave comes stumbling in, wet as a rat, <laughs> with his straw hat on, soaked to the bone. And I took one look at him and I said, who is this goofball? <laughs> Only because he had a 50-pound pack on his back, too. But um, Yeah, that's true. We, we very quickly hit it off, and uh, it's, it's, it's been wonderful hiking with you, Dave. I, uh, within a couple of days, we're going to probably be parting uh, ways a little bit. but Yeah, because I'll be jumping a little bit further up the trail because of my timeline. So, but Yeah, it, we probably won't be seeing too much of yeah, each other moving forward. But it's been a pleasure, and uh, look forward so. to staying connected with you. Absolutely. And the last thing I'd like to point out is that his pack weighs exactly half as much as my pack. So I'm carrying twice as much stuff as he is. That's because I'm twice as old. Fair enough. <laughs> so, all right. Well, have a good night and... Uh... So another group of hikers that I would like to talk about this week that I met during the week was a woman by the trail name of Twister and a man who was hiking with her by the name of Katz. 
And for those of you who follow me on Facebook, you may remember me posting about a guy wearing a sport kilt. And the guy wearing the sport kilt is Cats. Now, I'm not really entirely sure where that trail name comes from, but the the lady named Twister, she is doing what they call a lash, which is essentially just a long section hike. And she... I forget exactly where she started, maybe somewhere in New York or New Jersey, but she's going all the way to Katahdin. So it's going to be at least 700 miles, seven or 800 miles by the time she's all said and done. And Katz is just a friend of hers who just came out for like a week or so to join her. And I've noticed that that's um, pretty common with a lot of section hikers is you'll have one section hiker who is very adamant about section hiking and doing the whole trail and then they'll have a friend who is out for maybe a week or or so or maybe even just a couple days just to be there to support their friend and so that's exactly the case with twister and cats and they were a really interesting group to um to chat with and and to be around for a few days and unlike a lot of people that i've met they were not at all concerned about how fast they were moving. I mean, they literally one day rolled into a shelter for lunch and set up hammocks and took a siesta and took a nap in their hammocks. And, you know, that that's in stark contrast to a lot of other people that I've met who, you know, are trying to push 25, 30 miles a day. So that just kind of goes to show you again that... Um, the different variety of people that are out here and the different philosophies and timelines that people have, you know. Some people are just trying to get it done as fast as possible and get back to work because they have a limited window to try and do it while they have time off work. And some people are just going to take their time and go slow with it. So it really just depends on what you're out here for and what you're trying to accomplish. Another set of hikers that I ran into um, this week around the same time as Twister and Cats, um, and regrettably I didn't have a chance to interview either Twister or Cats or these these three girls, but I would have loved to, to actually had, have an actual live interview with them on the podcast, but I'll, I'll just have to settle for talking talking about them and mentioning them, but... Their trail names were let me let me see what the what I had written down here. I wrote down their trail names. But they were three um college age girls and they had just uh I guess they're in college or had just recently graduated or something. Maybe they're maybe they're on their summer break. Um I didn't really catch quite um the exact scenario there, but they were just out here just for a week. Um, section hiking in New York or in Connecticut and New York and they um, yeah they were they were carrying a lot of food and that was the thing that that really struck me about them is the fact that they were going all out they were trail gourmets and so while everybody else is eating all their dehydrated stuff and 
they're carrying apples and oranges and they were making quesadillas for dinner one night which was amazing at a shelter um you know, it took them a while because you know making quesadillas over a um camp stove is not the easiest thing in the world but um hey kudos to them for care hauling all that stuff out here and trying to make quesadillas by chopping uh cheese off of a block of cheddar with a pocket knife and then grilling it over a camp stove. Bravo. I was actually able to locate their trail names. So their trail names were Lizard and Nightshade and Hemlock. And like I said, I wish I would have had a chance to, to sit down and chat with them. Um, but it was really neat to, to see somebody, a, a group with a different perspective and agenda. Because, you know, a lot of the people out here are, you know, they, they, they have no desire to carry all of the stuff to make quesadillas. And yet these girls did because they're only out here for a week. And... Once again, that just underscores the, the variety of different people that you meet out here who are doing all sorts of fun, fun stuff. So today I am joined on the podcast by Vince the Ridge Runner, and he was actually camping at our shelter last night. And as a ridge runner, he has a unique role in upkeeping and maintaining uh this section of the trail so i'll let vince introduce himself and talk about the role of the ridge runners and what they do for the trail because it's a really really important uh job that y'all do and we really appreciate the work that you do out here thank you uh, my name is uh, vince dewitt i'm a 67 year old uh ridge runner this is my third season on the section of trail that we uh, patrol, uh, which is roughly 61 miles. It's the whole Appalachian Trail in Connecticut and the 10 most southern miles in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, we uh, spend 10 days on the trail at a time, um, usually sleeping in our tents, sometimes staying in shelters as I did last night as uh, David mentioned. Um, and um, we uh, have four days off after those 10 days on trail, and we are able to uh, go back to our base camp, which is at a farm uh, named Greenagers in South Egremont, Massachusetts and sleep in big canvas tents there on uh, wooden platforms. So, <clears throat> so you get to live large for four days <laughs> sleeping in a canvas tent. <laughs> That's right, yeah, we can walk around, we, can, uh, we have uh, furniture in there and so forth, uh, take showers in the farmhouse, uh, use their kitchen facilities. Um, and the main goals of uh, Ridge Runners um, are to interact and engage with and educate visitors to the trails 
managed by the Appalachian Mountain Club, um, including sections of the Appalachian Trail, which, as I mentioned, is what we're on the whole time. So are you employed by the Appalachian Mountain Club then? Yes. Okay. Yep, employed by the AMC, uh, who's headquartered in Boston, but... <clears throat> Most of their main work is done in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Yeah, and that's where they have the all the huts and stuff, right? Yes, okay. that's correct, yeah. Uh, and um, <clears throat> so our job as ridge runners uh, is to collect data that supports management actions and, and um, <clears throat> takes into account uh, visitation impact uh and uh the like um and you um last night were collecting and updating data about the water sources correct that's correct yes so um, that's what this particular trip was was you, focused on yeah well that's uh we do that every trip um and any water sources listed on far out which is an electronic guide over uh, hikers' smartphones uh, that uh, people use to navigate the trail. Uh, most, I should say, not everyone, but I think the vast majority of hikers, particularly through hikers. Uh, yeah, the, I have the Far Out app. I finally caved and got it. I tried, I tried my best to stay away from it because it's on the phone and I didn't want to be using my phone all the time, but I, I, I finally you. caved because <laughs> uh, it is super helpful. It's very helpful, uh, mainly because it can be updated um, every day. You know, every Yeah, day it's essentially like uh, social media for hikers. I mean, hikers can camp at a campsite on a specific night and then post a real-time comment about the conditions at that site. So maybe there's a spring that's dried up and they can post, hey, this spring is not reliable, it's dried up. And so then other hikers coming the following day or the following week know to try and get water ahead of time because that stream's not spring is not reliable. So it's super helpful in those sorts of situations. Exactly. and. Um, <clears throat> As I mentioned, I'm 67, and when I first started hiking about uh, 50 years ago, uh, of course, there were no cell phones. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, we had, uh, uh, you know, guide books. And uh, I started, I still carry a guide book, and that's what I started with, but. I like guide books because they can give you some history about the area that you're walking in. I yeah, that's, that's neat. In that context. Uh, but it's also extra weight. Yes, it's extra weight, and uh, and every ounce uh, counts uh, on the trail. Um, so, um, yeah, besides updating uh, water sources uh, listed on Far Out, uh, we have to count the number of people out uh, who we encounter during the day uh, and at night um, <clears throat> who are uh, overnighters. Um, overnighters being a person who's uh, camping one night or uh, doing a through hike of the nearly 2200 miles of the Appalachian Trail. Uh, they're all grouped in under the heading of overnighters. Uh, we gotcha. also uh, count uh, day hikers. 
Um, as two separate categories. As, that makes sense. Yep. Because um, you need to know what sort of use your overnight facilities are going to be getting at the shelters. Exactly. So. Yes. So they know if they need to, uh, you know, put in a little more... Um, uh, maintenance in one facility compared to some others. Maybe add a second picnic table, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Yep. Um, and <clears throat> we're also tasked with uh, carrying a small hand saws, and we're supposed to uh, saw any uh, blowdown, blowdown being a, a tree uh, that uh, or a large branch, say that falls across a trail and yep. we have to saw that um, and we have to break up fire rings. Uh, fires are illegal in Connecticut uh, along the Appalachian Trail so any signs of uh, fire, fire rings that we see we just disassemble the stones usually that uh, constitute a fire ring. Um, and um, I'm trying to think of what else we have. Well, to that do. sounds like a pretty comprehensive list to me. So pick up litter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's an important thing too. Right. All right. right. Well, thank you so much for your time You're and um, for giving us a little bit of the history of the Ridge Runners. It's um, it's really neat to to learn about what you do. And I'd heard the term before, but until I met you last night, I'd never actually met anybody that was a Ridge Runner. Uh, so it's really neat to learn a little, bit, a little bit about the history, and um, it's interesting too the fact that y'all focus primarily on the northern half of the trail up here in New England, um, because I know um, I, I'm, I'd be curious to see what kind of work, or if there's a, maybe another organization that that covers the southern part of the trail. There, um, there is. In fact, okay. uh, there are. So that would be the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Because I'm familiar with them, but I'm not mm -hmm. as familiar with the AM, the Appalachian Mountain Club. So they're kind of. Right. They're separate entities. Uh, the Appalachian Mountain Club uh, is mainly uh, in New England, uh, although they do have some facilities in New York. Um, and uh, the Appalachian uh, Trail Conservancy is, um, well, they focus their ridge runners um, mainly in the south. Now, there, gotcha. there are some other um, organizations that do sponsor uh, ridge runners um, gotcha. in, say, Maryland and sort of the central uh, parts of the uh, Appalachian Trail. However, ridge runners do not patrol the whole Appalachian Trail. Is just You're just sections. assigned a section. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you for your time, and uh, good luck with the rest of your um, your current uh, hitch. Thank you, David. I yep. appreciate it. And uh, good luck to uh, you and your uh, hiking partner uh, on the rest of your uh, trip. Happy trails. Thank you. So this next group of hikers is a group of section hikers from uh, North Carolina, actually. And it's funny because, so I was coming through Connecticut, I guess this would have been Tuesday, and I came down a really steep descent 
at this place called St. John's Ledges. And when you come down at the end of this descent, you come out onto this gravel parking lot, and then there's a, a gravel road walk for a few miles until you get to a campsite right along the river. And I come into this parking lot, and I see this truck, this white truck, idling there. And it had North Carolina license plates, and it had an NC State Wolfpack sticker on the back. And I was very intrigued by this because, you know, I'm in Connecticut. I'm like, why is there a North Carolina truck sitting here? And I was half tempted to knock on the guy's window. He's sitting there idling in the truck. I was half tempted to knock on his window and say, hey, I'm from South Carolina. I'm a Clemson guy, ACC, you know, see, see if I could start a conversation with him. But I didn't. And um, I just walked onto the campsite. And the whole time I'm walking to the campsite, I'm like, I should have stopped. I should have stopped. I should have stopped and said something, but I didn't. And so then the next day rolls around and I'm hiking and I come across these guys going southbound the other direction and stop and chat. And I'm like, they're like, oh, we're from North Carolina. And I was like, oh. That's interesting because I just saw a North Carolina truck back there. You wouldn't happen to be with the guy guy in that truck. And so then I related this whole story to them and they were like, "Oh, dude, you should have you should have totally knocked on his on his truck. He would have given you beer and junk food." <laughs> so, and then the best part is that one of the guys turned around and he said, "Yeah, you see these Doritos strapped to the back of my pack? These could have been yours." <laughs> It was the funniest thing. <laughs> so they were a they were a super nice nice crew. Um, actually, a good mix. There was a couple older guys and a couple younger guys. I think it was it was a bunch of a bunch of like um, like late twenties, early thirties guys and their dads. So there was like a couple sixty sixty year old guys who were probably the dads, and then a bunch of younger guys, um, young professionals. Um, so that was probably a really fun crew, uh, to be around. Um, and I'm sure that, yeah, they look like they were having a blast. And it's actually funny because I turned, I ended up a couple days later, uh, in the week, uh, this, this past week, staying at a hostel. And I actually met, um, one of the one of the members of that crew who had gotten hurt and he he unfortunately fell on trail and, and got pretty banged up so he took a couple of days off um from their week and had to just bow out early but he was staying at this hostel and i ended up staying there and i told him you know i ran into his crew whatever and he ended up shuttling me around town and helping me get to mass on friday so that was pretty pretty neat and his name was also david so Another another little god wink for you. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, it was nice to run into another crew from the Carolinas. So the next hiker that I would like to highlight from this week is a man by the name of Ernest Anderson. And Ernest is the gentleman that I ran into that's from Beaufort, South Carolina. And that was hands down by far the wink of the week for this week. It was just amazing to run into somebody from Beaufort, of all places, in Salz or in Falls Village, Connecticut. Like, so far away from home. And actually, it's funny because he now lives in Beaufort, North Carolina, which is spelled the same way 
but pronounced differently. Uh, and it's funny, growing up, we always used to get those two confused and because it's Beaufort County School District and Beaufort County School District. So there was always a lot of mix-ups with that um, that I remember growing up. So anyway, so my perspective, the story, how the story unfolded from my perspective and how it unfolded from his perspective is really a fascinating dichotomy because I actually got to hear his side of the story later that night on Thursday when I was staying at a hostel with him and he was telling me his side of the story with tears in his eyes. And so it's pretty incredible. So his mother was a devout Catholic, uh, went to St. Peter, a lifetime member of St. Peter's Parish in Beaufort, South Carolina. And Ernest was telling us me and JP at this restaurant that he carries a picture or he had been carrying a picture of his mother and she was his trail angel. And every time he went camping, he or backpacking, he would carry this picture of his mother to protect him and watch over him while he was hiking. Right. And she is now passed and in heaven, presumably. And so several days before he met us at this restaurant, a raccoon had gotten into his shelter and was trying to find food in his bag and t- got into his bag and, and scattered everything and took off with some things. And it wasn't until the next day that he realized that one of the things that the raccoon took off with was that picture. And it got all chewed up and ruined. And he was very upset about that. And so then several days later, he passes this restaurant in Falls Village, and he hadn't actually originally planned to stop, but something in his spirit just told him, you know, you gotta stop. And so he did. And he showed up to this restaurant, Mountainside Cafe, and the woman who greeted him had the same hazel brown eyes as his mother. And he said it felt like she was just staring into his soul and she had the same same eyes, same warm smile. She lit up the room when she smiled. She was just so full of joy. And this waitress asked him if he would like to be seated next to some other hikers. And of course, those other hikers were me and JP. And so he sits down next to those hikers and I introduce myself and start talking about the low country and Hilton Head and having been to St. Peter's and familiar with that church that meant so much to him growing up. And he said he just about lost it when I started talking about St. Peter's and the parish that his mother was at. And when he was telling us that story about his mom and the the card and everything, you know, I told him, I bet you that she's still with you, even without the picture, smiling down on you from heaven and looking out for you and praying for you. And he really took that to heart. And so that was a really, really neat encounter. Um, and we had a really great conversation about the low country and just different things, Gola culture. He said he actually spoke Gola growing up and he uh, went to school with Pat Conroy. So that was a, a neat little fun fact there. And the other cool thing is that his mother actually um, taught on Defusky. I don't know if any of y'all are familiar, my, any of my listeners here are familiar with the the Water is Wide, a book that Pat Conroy wrote, but it is a book and it talks about going to Defusky Island back years ago before it was even, when it was even more remote than it is now. Uh, and 
teaching at the one on the one room schoolhouse on Defusky, and Ernest told me that his mother did that. She went to Defusky and taught in the one room schoolhouse the Gullah children. So that was a really neat to learn about that and hear about his experience growing up on Beaufort. And the final hiker that I would like to highlight from this week is a woman who has the trail name of Badass Buttercup. And I know while that may not be totally appropriate for this show, um, it is certainly fitting for her because she is an ultra marathon runner. And she is actually out here just for a week training for the East Coast 100-mile trail race in August, and it goes through the mountains of Pennsylvania. So that was really fascinating to hear her story and uh, learn a bit, a little bit about her ultra-running experience, especially as a runner myself. It was, it was a really neat um, to... I've the camped with her now for two nights. I camped with her at the Hemlock Shelter, on Friday night, and then I camped with her again tonight here at the Tom Leonard Shelter. And I had actually told her on Thursday, or on Friday when I camped with her and a couple other hikers, I mentioned to them that, hey, you know, if you end up at the Tom Leonard Shelter tomorrow, there's a good chance you're going to get pizza and ice cream. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Jacqueline showed up and got to share the ice cream, and so she got to try some of the Moose Tracks ice cream and indulge in the pizza. And so she really appreciated that. And it was, it was neat to be able to, to have that experience with her. So, yeah, um, that is Badass Buttercup. And so now my list of people that I have met on trail, and I have a list of all the trail names, is up to 34, I just counted tonight and so i've met i've recorded 34 different trail names in my phone and they're all really interesting uh lots of really interesting trail names uh, but i really hope from listening to this episode you've just kind of i really hope i've been able to portray to my listeners the just the variety of different people that are out here you have people that are completing a section you have people that are starting sections you have people that are out for a week a weekend just trying to do a state people that are going northbound people that are going southbound people that are hopping from their car going south you have people that are slack packing you have people that are flip-flopping like me excuse me and it just and, and they have all sorts of reasons for being on trail you know some people are transitioning in life discerning what's next you have retired people, you have young people like me. It's just, you have couples, all sorts of different things. And it's just, that's part of why I love being out here is you just meet so many cool people with so many great stories. And um, that has by, by far been the best part of the trail so far for me. And part of why, you know, even though there may be more majestic sweeping views on some of these larger these these different trails out west i really don't have much of an interest in doing some of these other long distance trails out west like the pct and the continental divide trail and things like that because they're more remote and you're not passing through as many towns and 
to me, that's not as interesting because you don't need as many cool people. So uh, I think I made a good decision with hiking the Appalachian Trail, and I can't wait to encounter more people as I continue on this journey the next several weeks. So thank you again for tuning in and uh, look forward to updating you again next week on my travels. So stay safe, everyone. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend, and we will be back next week. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode of the Future Father Dave podcast. I'm eternally grateful for this opportunity to share my journey with you. And I pray that in sharing my story, I can inspire you in your own spiritual journey.